another community is in disbelief, shocked by devastating violence. We've come to the conclusion this is just absolutely pure evil. This has been a day we've seen the worst in humanity. Tomorrow is going to bring out the best in humanity as we come together to move forward from this unspeakable tragedy. You're listening to Darkest America and the Way Out. This is a Lord's Army Radio Dispatch. In this particular series, we're going to highlight some of the problems facing our country. And we're going to discuss the ultimate solutions. Get ready for Darkest America and the Way Out from lordsarmy.org. This is a listener-supported podcast going to get worse. Suspending all travel. It's worst percentage drop since America, the anxious. The whole world, I feel like it's like shutting down right now. The unseen danger of coronavirus with visible impact. I worry about the people in my life. I look at my 401k and I about have a heart attack. Threatening our physical and mental health. Thank you for listening. I'm out on my back porch uh, recording this. And so if you hear birds in the background, just know that that is not something I've added in that is something that the Lord has added to us this morning. Um, And I think it's actually kind of nice. I was driving home, uh, or driving to the store yesterday, rather, and um, normally I would bring my kids with me to the store on a midweek grocery trip like that, but this time I was alone because they're only letting one person in that store at a time. And in the side of the store, the kind of overhead radio kept repeating phrases like, please maintain a six-foot distance, and... Um, It even said, if you see someone coughing, sneezing, or acting ill, please alert a manager. Not sure what they would do, um, but that's what it said. Uh, And it was starting to get to me. Um, You know, it's just never had anything like that. It was just starting to sort of sadden me. But then on the drive home, I saw a man and a woman and their three kids, and they were out riding bikes in their neighborhood. And I started thinking about how unlikely it was that that group would be able to be together at that time if it wasn't for the shutdown. And so I said a quick prayer of forgiveness um, that I, even for a moment, was downtrodden. I know it's hard sometimes. Um, I've been hurt personally hit by this financially quite a bit, um, you know, but I'm thankful. I know that there are so many more that were hit far worse than myself. Um, it's easy to forget our Lord in these times of trial. When the storm comes, it is a natural inclination to forget who controls it all. Uh, Even the apostles suffered from this tendency. In a story recorded across the Gospels, um, a major storm is coming while Jesus and his apostles are on board a ship. Uh, They must uh, and it must have been some storm because, you know, these apostles, a lot of them spent their entire adult lives on a boat, but they were terrified. And so they're convinced that they're going to die. And when they go below deck to find Jesus, to their surprise, he's asleep. And so they they woke him up, wondering what in the world was going on. And he, of course, replied to them, You know, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? And then he rebuked and calmed the storm. He saw their fear as a lack of faith. And it's easy to judge the apostles Um, when we read that story for their unbelief. um, I mean, after all, Jesus was on the boat with them 
you know, didn't they know that, you know, with one word he could calm that storm? Um, but the reality is that when you're on a boat in stormy seas, it's easy to lose sight of the big picture. And this is our tendency today. Uh, we can so easily forget who is in charge of the whole universe. And to that end, one Mr. Charles Spurgeon has something to say. This message was originally preached on August 19th in the year 1855 by Charles Haddon Spurgeon. The recording of this sermon is used with permission from the YouTube channel Christian Sermons and Audiobooks, which is an ab- which is absolutely worth checking out. Um, they have a plethora of great sermons um, and essays that have been read uh, of the past um, that have been recreated. Um, in this sermon, the great Charles Spurgeon focuses on Nehemiah 1.3, which ends with the phrase that the clouds are the dust of his feet. And you see in a region frequently impacted by harsh weather, such as the UK at this time, this verse was particularly apropos. And those huge menacing storm clouds out there, you know, just think, those huge storm clouds on the horizon, you know, those are the dust of his feet. Things which we consider great are very little with God. If you knew what God thought of our conversation sometimes, you would be surprised at yourselves. We have some great trouble enter into our lives. We become so burdened with it and we say, Oh Lord God, what great trouble I am weighed down with. Why, I think God might smile at us as we do sometimes at a little child. A little child who tries to pick up something that is too heavy for it, but which you could hold between your fingers. The child staggers and says, Father, what a heavy weight I am carrying. So there are people who stagger under the great trouble which they think they are bearing. Great, beloved. There are no great troubles at all. The clouds are the dust of his feet. If you would only consider them so, the greatest things with you are but little things with God. That's something that we, of course, know logically. And yet, we all are often guilty of failing to put that into place when the time of trouble comes. So often we want answers as to why something is going on. All things are working together for good. But what each individual thing is doing would be impossible to explain. Yet you, child of Adam, with your finite intellect, are continually stopping to ask, Why is this? The infant lies dead in its crib. Why was infancy snatched away? Oh, ruthless death, could you not gather ripe corn? Why snatch the rosebud? Wouldn't a wreath of withered leaves suit you better than these tender blossoms? Or you are asking of Providence, Why have you taken away my property? Was I not left by my parents a wonderful inheritance? And now it has all been swept away. It is all gone. Why is this, O God? Why not punish the unjust? Why should the innocent be allowed to suffer this way? Why am I to be stripped of everything I own? Another says, 
I launched into a business that was fair and honorable. I intended, if God had prospered me, to devote my wealth to Him. I am poor. My business never prospers. Lord, why is this? And another says, Here I am, working hard from morning until night. And no matter how hard I try, I cannot free myself from my business, which takes away so much of my time from my religion. I would happily live on less if I had more time to serve my God. Ah, my finite ones, do you ask God to explain these things to you? I tell you, God will not do it. And God cannot do it for this reason. You are not capable of understanding it. Should the ant ask the eagle why it flies in the skies? Will the great sea monster, the Leviathan, be questioned by a minnow? These creatures might explain their actions to other creatures, but the omnipotent creator, the uncreated eternal God, cannot explain himself to mortals whom he has created. We cannot understand him. It is enough for us to know that his ways always must be in darkness, and that we must never expect to see and to understand much in this world. Just like the apostles on the boat, we all too often forget about who is on board with us. It's as if we worry about God's ability to control everything, even though we know that he is, in fact, in control at all times. And that's true. That's true whether we see it or not. He's always there, and he's always in control. When God works his wonders, he always conceals himself. Even the motion of his feet causes clouds to arise. And if these clouds are but the dust of his feet... How deep must be that dense darkness which veils the eternal God? If the small dust which he causes is of equal magnitude with our clouds, if we can find no other figure to image the dust of his feet than the clouds of heaven, then how obscure must be the motions of the eternal one? How hidden and how shrouded in darkness? The great truth suggested by the text is well borne out by facts. The ways of God are hidden ones. Cowper was correct when he sang, He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. The footsteps of God cannot be seen, for planted on the sea, the next wave washes them away. And placed in the storm, Turbulent and chaotic as the air is then, every impression of his chariot wheels is soon erased. Look at God, and whatever he has purposed to do, and you will always see him to have been a hidden God. He has concealed himself, and all his ways have been veiled in the strictest mystery. One of my favorite lines from the Chronicles of Narnia is when Lucy asks about Aslan. In the books, Aslan represents Jesus, and Lucy asks if Aslan is safe, and the reply is simple um, from Mr. Beaver. It's, of course he isn't safe, but he's good. 
He's the king. The message is clear. He is, after all, a lion. A lion is called the king of the jungle because they are absolutely one of the fiercest and most powerful predators on earth. So, of course, he's not safe. But he's good. And our Lord is not called the lion of the tribe of Judah for no reason. We must not forget that he is in control and he is always right and just. God never condescends to make things very plain to his creatures. He always does what is right and just, and therefore he wants his people always to believe by faith that he only does what is right and just. But if he showed them that he did so, there would be no room for their faith. You and I do not control the universe. I have no doubt that if we did, it would look different. However, I can also tell you that if we did, it would be worse. Now, with that said, we must not forget that we are just a part of the story. God's redemption of this world through our Lord Jesus Christ is a story that spans all of history. We're just one part of that story. And we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that is separated from God, and since God is perfection, we live in a world that is not perfect. It is a judgment. And the only exception to that is for those who are born again in Christ. But let me read my text, and you will see what I mean by my remark, that the most terrible things in nature are not terrible to the saints. The clouds are but the dust of His feet. Yes, God's feet. Don't you see what I mean? There is nothing terrible now because it is only the dust of my father's feet. Did you ever know of a child who was afraid of the dust of his father's feet? No, if the child sees the dust of his father's feet in the distance, what does he do? He rejoices because it is his father and he runs to meet him. So the most awful things in nature, even the clouds, have lost all their terror to a child of God, because he knows they are but the dust of his father's feet. If we stand in the midst of a lightning storm, a flash strikes the cedar in the field, or splits the oak of the forest, another flash succeeds, and then another, till the whole sky becomes a sea of flame, we don't fear for they are only the flashes of our father's sword as he waves it in the sky. Listen to the thunder as it shakes the earth and exposes the forest. We don't shake at that sound. We are not afraid, for we hear our father's voice. We are not afraid, for we hear our father's voice. And what favored child ever quaked at his father's speech? We love to hear that voice. Although it is deep, low, loud, yet we love its matchless melody, for it issues from the depths of affection. Put me to sea, and let the ship be driven along. That wind is my father's breath. Let the clouds gather. They are the dust of my father's feet. Let the water spout appear from heaven. It is my father dipping his hand into the water. The child of God fears nothing. All things are his father's. And divested now of everything that is terrible, he can look upon them 
with complacency, for he says, the clouds are the dust of his feet. And this is a message that has been proven through all of human history, across all times. Turn your eye along the page of history and see how mysterious God's dealings have been. Who would conceive that Joseph sold into Egypt would be the means of redeeming a whole people from famine? Who would suppose that when an enemy would invade the land, it would be the means of bringing glory to God? Who could imagine that a harlot's blood should mingle with the genealogy from which came the great Messiah, the King of Israel? Who could have guessed, much less could have understood the mighty plan of God? Providence has always been a hidden thing. And yet, beloved, you and I always want to know what God is doing. There is a great war taking place somewhere on the earth. We have experienced some great disasters. And we are reading in the accounts in the news and saying, what is God doing there? What did he do in the last war? What was the benefit of it? We see that even Napoleon was the means of doing good. For he broke down the aristocracy and made all subsequent monarchs respect the power and the rights of the people. We see what the result was even of that dreaded hurricane that swept away the pestilence which could have devoured many more than the storm did. But we ask, what is God doing with this world? We want to know what will be the consequences. Suppose we should humble Russia, where would it end? And 10,000 other questions arise. We cannot see in history that this world ever went a step backwards. God is always moving it in its orbit, and it has always progressed even when it seemed to be moving backward. And so when you are in your time of desperation, when you are all knotted up with worry and fear and doubt. Do not hesitate even for one moment to cast your cares upon our Lord. Ah, it doesn't matter how heavy troubles are if you can cast them on the Lord. The heavier they are, so much the better. For the more you have gotten rid of, then the more there is laid upon the rock of our salvation. Never, never be afraid of troubles. However heavy they are, God's eternal shoulders can bear them. He whose omnipotence is testified by the revolving planets and systems of enormous galaxies can well sustain you. Is his arm too short that he cannot save? Or is he too weary that he cannot hold you tightly? Your troubles are nothing to God, for the very clouds are the dust of his feet. And because he is our helpmate, and because we love our brothers and sisters in this life that suffer, we must not forget our good works. We must not forget that we are not merely blessed for our own sake, but rather we are blessed that we may be a blessing to others. When the storm comes, do not forget why you are here in the first place. I will pay no attention to the clouds, nor the winds. And when the wind blows a hurricane, 
I will throw the seed with my hands. If then the hurricane becomes even stronger and the clouds even darker, still I will reap and rest assured that God will preserve his own wheat, whether I gather it under the clouds of a hurricane or in the sunshine. Go into the world and be a doer of good. When the world grows darker and darker still, you and I and all of those in Christ shine even brighter. I'm going to end with a clip from a ministry that we've talked about before, Child Freedom. And as bad as things are in our own country, uh, things are even more dire in places like India. Hi, this is David Moorhead with Child Freedom Coalition. I'm reaching out to you today with an urgent appeal that we've never had to make before. People here and around the world are feeling the effects of the COVID-19 virus both physically and economically. In India, these effects are worsened with food shortages and price gouging. For example, a bag of rice that normally costs $20 is now selling for over $100. A flat of eggs that cost $5 is now over $15. We really need your help today to solve this problem. With food prices skyrocketing in India, we have over 1,200 rescued children to feed. And we're asking for your prayers that God will meet their needs each and every day during this crisis. If you found yourself blessed in this difficult time and haven't been heavily affected by the COVID-19, please consider making a generous donation today. 100% of your gift will go to India to meet the needs of these children. Thank you for your support and for your prayers. The website, of course, is childfreedom.org. Now, go into the world and do your best to change it for Christ. This concludes this particular dispatch from the front lines of the Lord's Army. If you want more information or content, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Apply what you have learned in this episode. Remember, you do not become a great man or woman in Christ without taking action. One easy way you can help spread the gospel right now is by subscribing to our podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, just by liking us and leaving us a review, you can have a massive impact in how many people we reach. Go out there. Take action. Join the battle. LordsArmy.org.